Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I am so excited to say we have Chris Hutchins the host of All the Hacks podcast, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm I'm not going to ask him that much about. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to not get asked about my resume. Yay. I'm excited to not ask you about your resume. Are you ready to dive in? I am. Awesome. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Knock, the most powerful notifications infrastructure you'll never build. So I'm not an engineer, but I've worked with enough engineers to understand that building your notifications infrastructure in-house is um, is hard, <laughs> like really hard. It doesn't seem hard at first because we all send texts, but then it's time to go multi-channel. And soon your simple decision trees start to look like a terrifying decision forest and it's getting dark out. But by the time you've weed whacked your way through, your users are clamoring for another comms channel. Luckily, there's a better way. With Knox powerful API, you get a complete product notification system that includes batching, cross-channel delivery, and preference management, so users can choose which notifications they want to be alerted about. Who doesn't love a flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure set up in minutes? Hey, don't knock it till you try it. That's not actually their slogan, but it probably should be. Anyway, get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's knock. K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. Chris Hutchins spent three years as the head of new product strategy at Wealthfront, where he was focused on making products to help people build wealth through investing. He joined the company after his startup Grove was acquired in 2016. Chris has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and CNBC. Previously, he was an investor at Google Ventures, co-founded Milk, which is acquired by Google, and built an organization called Laid Off Camp. Chris Hutchins, welcome once again to Non-Technical. This is fun. I feel like I'm on a game show. Yay! What's going (laughs) to happen next? (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on the show. We know each other in real life, which is always such a treat. I feel like we know each other more than two people who have only met in person once. That's true, because we have met a significant number of times not in person. Yes. The struggle of a creator's life is, you know, you're by yourself, so we need people to talk to. Yes, you need to bond. You need to bond. Did you email me? Yes. I think it was just, I was like, you're doing a thing. I'm doing a thing. We We should should probably talk about those things. (laughs) And I asked someone who knew you to be like, can you just connect us? I feel like we should talk. Love it. I'm glad we did that. I forget who that was. I also forget who that was. That's so funny. Okay, we'll have to look it up someday. Apologies to whoever that was if you're listening. Well, I was going to say I highly doubt they're listening, but I don't remember who it is. So maybe they are listening. Okay, shout out to that person. Okay, Chris, I'm super excited to have you on the show. I want to start here. Tell me this. How did you spend your last day off? My last day off? Well, I, I was on parental leave until like a day ago. Oh my God, that's right. I spent the last four months off. Yes. Really just hanging out with family and running a podcast. That's like a much more active time off, though, because you are rearing a newborn babe. Yes. The last, like, I don't have responsibilities of work or children. Yes. Was many months ago. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, we just went to Hawaii. My wife and I left for dinner without children. That was the last, like, escape. That's nice. 
you know, it was hours. It was measured in hours, not in days. Yeah, you um, know, um, life is not measured in the number of breaths we take, but in the moments that take our breath away. So there we go. Well, the Mai Tai at Monkey Pod <laughs> took my breath away. Perfect. Okay, that's great. Tell me this. Is there a song that whenever you hear it really takes you back in time? There is not. Not a single song? What What do you mean? <laughs> I thought about this question. Okay. You know, you sent this in advance. This I did. specific question. And I yes. was like, there is not. I, music is one of those things where I just listen to like the same album I listened to in like high school. What album is that? It is two albums, really. The main one is Over the James by Avail. It's like a okay. hardcore punk rock band from Ooh, Richmond. Oh, fun. Okay. And most people would listen to this album and be like, this is not good music. Sure. But I enjoy it. And yes. so I guess it takes me back to you know, a time where I like loved music and followed it. Yeah. Like if you play anything early from Saves the Day, Newfound Glory, Avail. Okay. Any of the like punk rock, hardcore yes. kind of bands before, well, not most of them never went mainstream to be yeah. honest, but <laughs> I guess that will remind me of my youth. It's what I still listen to because I just feel like I don't really care about staying on top of new music. Yeah. I'm either like hit random mm -hmm. or play something from 20, 25 years ago. Sure. So would you say that after high school is when you sort of stopped tuning into what was new? Yes, though I would say what I was listening to in high school was not available on any radio station. Ooh, ooh, counterculture. Well, this is just like I was that kid that was like skateboarding and listening to punk rock and going to concerts that were in church basements that you would like donate cans of food oh my to God. go to. That's so, what were those shows like? They were great. What was the vibe? I was not like the the get crazy, like mosh pity kind of person, okay. nor, nor was yes. it really that. It was just like people that really liked a band that wanted to see that band yeah. and knew that that was the only place to see the band. Yeah. I remember like the Warp Tour was like the yes. one time where a band that I loved was in like a big arena. Oh, yeah. And so I remember going to Vans Warp Tour back in the day. Like When did you go to Warp Tour? 90 something. I went in 2008. I was 90 something. I think I went in Boston. It was so hot and someone lit the drums on fire. <gasps> like at the end of their set? Yeah. I think it was Green Day, but That's I could awesome. be wrong. I have a picture, but it's like a, a physical yeah. picture. <laughs> <laughs> picture, picture. <laughs> That's really cool. Did you play punk music yourself? Nope. You're just a fan. My cousin, I was like such a fan of everything. Uh, my, I thought my cousin was so cool and he okay. liked all this like hardcore punk rock music that was all on like these weird record labels that you know, we're super not mainstream and you would like have to download MP3s or go to a record shop to get okay. them. And yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to listen to this music because he's cool. So I'm going to okay. listen to it. How much older was he Maybe than like you? Five years. Oh yeah. That's perfect. That's yeah. definitely like teen idol age. If you're five years older than a preteen, you're a God. Yes. That's always how I felt. Yeah. And, but, and then he was vegan. He was straight edge. Oh my and then God. Oh, straight edge. Straight edge and vegan. Wow. And, and that was where I think I was like, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be vegan. And I went to boarding school and being vegan in boarding school was, sounds like a bad thing. It was the best thing. Oh. Because this was not 2022 where like every yeah. school probably has to have a, a meal for everyone. It was like, yeah. oh, you don't eat what's here. Like you figure it out. So I would go back into the kitchen and I would get to basically make anything I want. And it was usually like an omelet. That's or something. really fun. Or not an omelet. I think, uh, 
Maybe I was just vegetarian. I can't remember. For how long? For like four months. Oh, okay. Uh, so this wasn't. Yeah, yeah. This was like, I want to be cool like my you cousin. You tried on I... this identity. You decided it wasn't for you. That's where the identity left was okay. when I was like, oh, this is just too much work. Like it was yeah, very it cool to be able to come out when they're, you know, at school, sometimes the meal sucks. Yeah. So it was cool to be able to come out and be like, I made my own cool meal that yes. doesn't suck. And then it was like, yeah, but I just, I want to eat the pepperoni I pizza. I feel like we must have talked about the fact that we both went to boarding school. We have. Not probably as much. I feel like the boarding school experience of a young boy is mm. much more like running through the halls of your dorms naked. <laughs> I feel like I have a lot more in common with men who have been to boarding school than women. Good point. Probably You're probably correct. What part of the country did you go to boarding school in? In Northern Virginia, right outside D.C. That's right. But it wasn't Episcopal? It was Episcopal. It was Episcopal. <laughs> Do you know that my best friend's husband is the football coach there? That's so funny. I might go back my 20-year anniversary. or anniversary. Your reunion. 20-year reunion. (laughs) (laughs) When you got engaged to your diploma, your high school diploma. Wow, I love that. Small world, huh? Yeah. I I feel like Episcopal is where I really cut the chops of breaking the rules, so. (laughs) Ooh, that's it. Were you a troublemaker? I got a ultimatum, which was like, I basically, I made these t-shirts okay. that were maybe like a little bit <laughs> provocative. And oh boy. they basically were like, you can either sell the shirts at school and not go here, or you can <gasps> not, not sell the shirts at school. And so I think this is one of my portraits as a human. Okay. I just assume that everyone will be rational. Yeah. And no. not take anything personally. Oh, Chris, come on. <laughs> The shirts made reference to another school that kind of was a rival school. But the dean of the school was like, you can't sell these on campus. Sure. And I said, but your daughter bought one, oh, which was true. Oh, my God. Chris, what were you thinking? But it was true. And I, I understand like, <laughs> that it was true. But do you really think that was going to get you where you wanted? It was a high school <laughs> logic. I respect it. I'll tell you that. I really do respect it. Yeah. So you had to stop selling the shirts. Well, I had already sold them. So I had to refund everyone's money. No. But I hadn't distributed them. Oh. Okay. So. Do you still have one? I do still have one. At one point, we had like 300 of them. I'm sure you did. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember arguing with my parents who had loaned me a credit card to buy them, being oh like, no, God. no, I still think I could sell them and get away with it. I was like, and they were like, no. <laughs> if only you had still had them, you could bring them to your 20-year reunion. I have one somewhere, but you I wish I You should definitely bring that to the reunion. Yeah. It's a different time. You know, 2002. Very different. Very, very different. Is there something you're really good at that it would surprise most people to learn about you besides t-shirt design? I feel like recently I've gotten really good at the xylophone. What? Oh, because of your kids? (laughs) (laughs) Because of my kids. But like I got so sick of playing like Baby Shark, so I learned Bella Chow, which is a Spanish song for anyone who listened to Money Heist. That's amazing. Or watched Money Heist on Netflix. So you got really good at the xylophone. I mean, good is a stretch. I wanted to play songs on the xylophone for my kids. And I was sick of playing like the wheels on the bus and Baby Shark. Do you think that you'll keep going? I don't know if there's a a lot more to go. Like I would have to start learning to adapt other things to the xylophone. Yeah, okay. So right now I just have like, you know, eight or nine things and I can rotate through the eight. And by the time I get through the eight songs I've learned on the xylophone, it's... It's kids are bored with the xylophone. You're performing a concert at that point. Yes. It's not like the three minute version of the song. It's okay. like the chorus of each. It's like, 
you know, Baby Shark only has like a yes. very, very yes, limited amount really of time before point. you're repeating yourself. Well, what do you think? I guess you're more of an expert than I am, but I feel like the xylophone could be very punk rock. Just thinking, I was like, gosh, as a kid, I really loved the recorder too. So maybe I just love nice. these like basic instruments. Little plastic instruments. I didn't do well when I ever tried the other ones. I like tried to play the cello. Yeah. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I think this idea has legs. This punk rock xylophone idea. I think you should go find your favorite Green Day song or your favorite Saves the Day song and try to adapt it for xylophone. I could do one. You know, I could, I could, yeah, I could commit to learning one. Yeah, I think you one. should. I think that'd be fun. There's a Green Day song that is very easy to play on the guitar that I bet would be very easy to play. It's only, like one of the only guitar songs I know. It's it's from like an obscure oh, okay. 10,000 something 39 smoothed out slappy hours. It's like Oh, I bet that would be good. Okay. It's literally the whole song. The whole tune is very easy. My only guitar song. Green Day's own baby shark moment. That's great. Okay, cool. I look forward to hearing that. I think you should do it. I would be a big supporter personally. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something inconsequential that you would really go to bat for. I have gone to bat many times against the Oxford comma. Again? Against? Against. But for whom? Why? Whenever I see that like comma and. Yeah. I can't. Believe how clear it is. Can't believe how simple it is to understand what the author is trying to express. Logically, I understand it. But when I look at it, it just looks wrong. Okay, well, you're wrong. I I know I'm wrong. <laughs> but I can't look at that. I don't like double spaces after periods. You don't like double... Wait, okay, hold on. Actually, double spaces after periods are not necessary. And I would go so far to say incorrect and outdated. Great. Yes, because I believe it is a holdover from when we used typewriters. And you needed the two spaces to make a clear delineation between sentences. Okay, so you're okay with that one. I would be upset if you used double spaces. So anytime I'm looking at a doc, control F, double space, replace all. Can't look. No, bad. Yeah, has to be single space. For free. I would say it was a hill I used to almost die on. And then I just like realized there's not an easy way to say it. The but term? for free is not grammatically correct. It would be for nothing or free. So... You can get this candy bar free at the grocery store. Or you can get this candy bar for nothing at the grocery <gasps> store. Oh, my God. Glass crack moment. Uh, but I, th I believe for free is now, like, only acceptable because mm -hmm. we just all say it all the time. There are some terms that are grammatically incorrect that just muscled their way into our lexicon. For free. Is for one. free. Yeah. Uh, the, the name tags. What I learned about? this in, in college. I was in some organization, and this woman who would get so mad if you put your name tag on the wrong side of your shirt. Is the correct side the left? The correct side is the right. What? Why? Because you want your name tag to be the thing that's facing someone when you shake hands. So if it's on your left, you'd be like awkwardly turning to shake hands. So your name tag goes on the right, unless you're in a left-handed shake hands party. <laughs> but assuming you're shaking hands with people at the right, you think wow. of the position you'd be in when you shake hands and you want the name tag to be oh. facing the person. But because most people are right-handed, they take their name tag, they write it, they peel it with their right hand, and they stick it on the left side of their chest. Wow. They are doing it incorrect. So I would actually imagine left-handed people might be putting their name tags on correctly. I feel like if I go to anyone who has the name tag on the wrong side, I let them know. They're yeah. like, oh, that makes sense. I'm glad I learned that fun fact. That's nice. So that, like, it's, it's a fun thing. Tell me what you think about this. I kind of think... I think of all the things about me, this is among the most pretentious. But I really think 
we should try to follow most grammar rules most of the time. I love grammar. <gasps> you agree? Except the actual comma. <laughs> Except the comma. this is just that rebel counterculture punk rock energy coming through. You're like, the man's trying to keep me down with their Oxford comma. I'm going to go be a vegan. I very much enjoy cor correct grammar, and okay. it is frustrating how frequently writing today is not grammatically correct. It really like, bothers me, and I wish that it didn't. It makes me feel bad. It makes me feel like I'm wrong. But I also feel like, ooh, I'm the, the overeducated person who learned grammar. Yes, that is like how that. I feel. I don't That's like that vibe. Me neither. It's not exactly a cool vibe, Chris. <laughs> It's okay. At, le at least it's both of us. It would be better. It's better that there are more than one of us. Aside from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so like all the basics, what is something you couldn't go a day without? So this was an interesting question because I don't even know if most of the Maslow's things I need for a day. <laughs> okay. Doing a fast for uh, five days, no problem. Yes. Like it just I easy. love how literally you have interpreted this question. I was thinking about this question. I was like, if you put me like with a pair of pants. Yes. You know, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> what would I be missing for the day? Yes. I don't know. I don't drink coffee. I oh, Sometimes right. I don't eat for the, you know, like I don't need to eat. Yeah. I just, you get so much done for someone who doesn't drink coffee. It Every time you remind me of that fact, it really just bowls me over. <laughs> I only made a tea this morning because I was like, well, I should probably have something to drink during this yeah. conversation. What about seven days? What are things people normally answer this with? Like what... I, I'm trying to think, like, what are things that maybe I'm forgetting? You've asked this question a lot. Some people say their family. Some people say their phone. Some people say coffee. We can get to my inability to try to, like, let a story go without taking something too literally. But it's like, I couldn't go a week without. Of course, like, I love my family. But I could go I could go a week without them. Like, if, if not, like, am I ever going to be able to take, like, a week-long business I, trip? I sincere, I mean this sincerely, not sarcastically. I love your interpretation of this question so much. I think that's true. I think that you should be able to go, like, a week without. What about something that you feel like is missing from your day if you don't have it? And I'll give you an example. If I didn't laugh at something every day, that would feel like a void. That would feel like an emptiness. At the end of the day, I like to share something fun that I learned. So like, oh, if at cool. the end of the day, I didn't learn something yeah. that day, if I didn't learn something, I wouldn't be like, oh no, the day is ruined. I didn't learn it to YouTube. Open up TikTok quick, quick. Yeah, teach me something in 60 seconds. It's 11.59. <laughs> You're just like out on the street. Like, does anybody have a life hack? But there are people that are like, if you don't get your coffee, they're like cranky. I know. But I'm like, uh, you know, like okay. if I don't sleep a lot, it's okay. If I sleep okay. a lot, it's better. Okay. It's pretty early in the day. So have you learned your thing yet for today? It is pretty early in the day. Have you ever injured yourself in an embarrassing way? So this is either like the most embarrassing or the least, but Ooh, okay. I fractured my foot okay. dancing at a wedding. Okay. I feel like all my injuries are in a place you would maybe expect it. It's like I mm. broke my wrists snowboarding, broke sure, my sure. other wrists snowboarding or skateboarding. <laughs> I've broken three wrists snowboarding or skateboarding. Wow. Broke a finger playing uh, ultimate frisbee in high school. Wow. And then I most recently last year fractured my foot on the dance floor at a wedding. Do you know what song you were dancing to? I have no idea. It was really? like very at the end of the wedding. Okay. I didn't think it was that bad. So I walked about probably a mile or two to the oh. car and then... My wife told me, I feel like this is probably not good. 
and then the next morning I was like, ah, let's see tomorrow. And the next morning I tried to put weight on it and I was like, this is not good. Oh boy. It was not good. Did you have to wear a cast? I had a boot. You had a boot. Yes. A very expensive boot for anyone who's interested in how broken our medical system is. Yes. This is a boot that you could buy a better version of on Amazon for $39. Sure. That whatever medical company, I should probably know it because they sent me like at least 20 bills, charge $250 for. Oh, my God. Of which my insurance said we were going to pay like $50. What? You paid $200 for an Amazon boot? Well, to be clear... I got a bill for $200 because in America, it is legal for the boot company to or mail you a bill or what looks like a bill that yes. says, hey, this boot was $250. Your insurance only covered $50. Here's the balance, $200. Yeah. Now, the fine print is you don't have to pay this bill. <gasps> we, we just want to let you know that your insurance company didn't cover the Delta. And it, what it should say is... If out of the goodness of your heart, you would like to send us a check for our ridiculously overpriced boot to cover the difference, oh my God. you're welcome to. Oh my God. What a scam. It's totally legal. Someone had pitched me to come on my podcast that wrote this book called Never Pay the First Bill. And it was all about <gasps> fighting medical care system and, oh my and how God. all these bills are erroneous and there's problems. And I was like, ah, I don't know if this is interesting. And then I went through this process of going to the emergency room for my foot, which yes. ended up costing... Bef you know, insurance covered almost all of it, but it was like a yeah. $10,000 visit. Yeah. Then I had shingles and nobody ah! could figure out what it was. Ah! And so two nights in a row, two ER visits, over no! 10 grand each. <gasps> and I was getting all these bills because oh the God. insurance company wasn't like interested. So I emailed this guy back. I was like, hey, I need your help. Hey, actually, yeah. <laughs> I got all these hey, bills buddy. and I don't want to pay them. <laughs> and we went through a process that ended up in me not paying any of the bills. Oh my God. And in insurance covering it all. But there was crazy stuff like the hospital was like, oh, well, the hospital's in network, but the doctors that you saw oh, weren't in network. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. I know. We're very far away from a, an injury that was no, embarrassing. No, but that's ridiculous. But I had to wear a boot for a bit, and then finally I was like, I just can't wear the boot any longer. Yeah. If I were to make a ruling on whether that's embarrassing, I would say that is not embarrassing. Then I rescind my answer, and you can, <laughs> replace, you can, you can go back and splice in, no, I do not. <laughs> Sorry, that anecdote wasn't good enough. <laughs> No, not at all. I think that's very interesting. But I mean, for your own ability to reflect back on that, I would say I vote not embarrassing. I was a groomsman at a wedding and the groom went face first down a slide into a pool oh and hit the bottom and had like basically a probably like two by three inch red <gasps> bloody <gasps> gash on his forehead uh, about two hours before his wedding. No. Like that would no. be embarrassing. Oh, yeah, my God. I felt so bad for his wife. Yes. I was like, at the time, I guess, fiance, but like very close to wife because she didn't get the makeup artist. He did. <laughs> so the person oh that was supposed to do her makeup for the God. wedding came oh to him and spent God. like two hours trying to dry out and cover up. This wound. You know, like those gashes where it's ah! like, it's not. I hate it. It's not gushing, right? No. It's just red. I don't want to talk about a gushing wound. No, it, it was not gushing. It was just like... I don't want to talk about whether it was gushing or not gushing. The nature of the gushing is not to be discussed on the podcast. Okay, moving swiftly along. That is a nightmare. I think that before a wedding, no one should move. I think everyone should sit quietly. Don't you and think? And certainly not go face first. Oh my God. Everyone should be anything. sitting down. How about just play a nice game of cards? Enter a drawing room, a sitting room, maybe a nice game of chess. Something simple. My cousin that I emulated as a child. Yes. His bachelor party was the night before the wedding. As a straight edge vegan, it was not, it was tame. 
Uh, but we went to play paintball. And oh fortunately, the roller coaster ride of emotion that I'm on right now, I can't even be described. For him, it was okay because he had, you know, a suit and everything was sure, covered up. Sure. I just feel bad. You know, the night of your wedding, yeah. it's like he probably had 40 bruises oh all over his body. Like God. horrible ones because this was, I defer not to uh, not men on the bachelor party, but to the paintball club owner who <gasps> said at the end, they basically threw him a garbage can lid and said, everybody out here, shoot the groom. And... I guess oh we could God. have been nice, but we weren't. Chris, you're blaming the guy <laughs> that said... It, he created every... the game. He created oh, the game. Oh, you just played it. Don't literally yeah, don't it. hate the player, hate the game, is what you're telling me right now. That's what you said. I said that. That's right. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just letting everybody know that if you're looking for me a few hours before my wedding, I will be sitting quietly with my hands folded in my lap. <laughs> Even the night before is probably... Even the night before. That's right. For the 24 to 36 hours before my wedding, I'll be doing some needlepoint. I'd be careful, though. Those needles. I will be playing with some Play-Doh. I'll be doing some coloring. Something very simple. Low-key. Okay, Chris. This is a two-part question for you. The first part is who would play you in a movie? And the second part is, what chapter of your life would make the most compelling movie plot? So. <laughs> your hands are clasped. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm excited. So I thought about the answer to what era of life, and I don't have a great answer. Okay. But because you paired it with this, yes. I have the answer. So in college, yes. Prince William and I spitting images of each other to the okay. point that I had a casting agency or something. It was like, do you want to be a lookalike? Oh my gosh. And like, we will, you know, you have to stop going to school, but we'll like teach you accents so that you, this is one of my regrets. Is Are you not serious? Doing this. And then he lost all his hair and like, we, we look not, very unsimilar. But if you go <laughs> back and look at high school and early college photos of me and Prince William, it was people would put pictures of Prince William like on my dorm door. Wow. And they wanted to teach you the accent so that you could what? Get work as people a lookalike? People hire lookalikes for parties all the time. They don't hire Prince William lookalikes here. They hire Prince William lookalikes in the UK. So it's like, oh let's have a, a fake Prince William come to your birthday oh party. Oh my gosh, of course. But you would need to speak the language. But I guess there were just not enough people that looked like Prince William in the UK. In the UK, they wanted to import you. How could they have possibly found you? I honestly, all I remember is that some uh, that somehow this happened. And they were like, you would have to stop going to school and you'd have to like learn a British accent, but it could be something fun. And I was like, I feel like I shouldn't drop out of school okay, that's to do reasonable. this. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, that would have been a great experience. Yes, but it's hard to know at the time. You and I both know that probably would not have derailed your life very much in the grand scheme of things. But at the time, a change like that feels like it's going to bring everything to a screeching halt. But because there is a moment in time that I now have a perfect person to play me in a movie. Yes. Because I think it would be so much cooler, instead of getting played by some famous actor. Yes. To get played by a royal. Like, of That's, course. That would be amazing. I can't say that my high school to college time is the best the most era. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, it was very interesting, I guess. Sure. Uh, you know, I like joined all the, the student clubs, Was ran for student body president, yeah. did all the things. Boarding school life is super interesting. That's probably pretty interesting for a lot of people. Maybe there's something with this boarding school slash punk rock sort of a vibe that we've been talking around a little bit that could be interesting because that's a nice juxtaposition for the film. I think we can all agree that a movie about a kid in high school yep. who listens to punk rock, skateboards, yep. and goes to boarding school mm. played by Prince William yes. would be an uh, like... <laughs> 
everyone on Earth would see the movie. Yeah, that's really the kicker, I think, is that Prince William is playing you in this movie. And that movie, I think, would do well. It would be one of those Rotten Tomato, like 0%, 100%. Sure, where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. This was a horrible movie. No one liked it, but everyone Truly thought it was Truly a terrible film, but we all watched it, yeah. And, and enjoyed it for what it was. I would absolutely watch that movie. Honestly, we could probably shoot it on an iPhone and like take it to the Telluride Film Festival. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it could have serious indie cred. Oh, for sure. I was like, who would like write the movie or direct the movie or produce the movie? Because, you know, is it like That's a Judd tough. Apatow film or is it like a... It's probably more that than Scorsese. Well, yes. On a scale of Apatow to Scorsese, I think our coming-of-age punk rock teen drama starring Prince William is going to be a little more Judd Apatow than Martin Scorsese. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe Marty's looking to mix it up a little bit. Maybe he's like, I'm tired of these well-written scripts with big budgets and coherent plot lines. (laughs) Give me the next big indie darling starring Prince William. It's possible. I'd watch it. I mean, I would definitely watch it. Do you use emojis? I do. What's your most used emoji? The prayer emoji. Is it? Yeah. Do you remember the moment when we were being told on the internet that it was not prayer hands, that it was two people high-fiving? Only because you brought it up, I now remember that. Okay. Which I think, for the purpose I'm using it, is close. I think it's close, too, but I have a distinct memory of being like, oh my God, it's two people high-fiving. It's not prayer hands. And now it's literally called prayer. So was it always prayer hands? Yeah. Did you know that if you put any emoji in like notes, Uh highlight it, click it and hit speak, you'll hear what the emoji (gasps) is. Oh no. I just know it from Slack. Uh, Because if you want a shortcut Slack, you can type like the Unicode name for it, which is usually like colon and then the name. I remember we were trying all these emojis, trying to figure out like, what would be the most long, and there's Indian Arab man with turban, is that's was very the full long. name. I don't think that's the, like, I, I mean, maybe that's what you use in Slack to do it, but we were, like, trying to figure out what the longest mm, description was. That this is was, pretty long. You know, one of those productive days at the office where you're like, <laughs> which emoji has the longest description? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Why is the, why is prayer hands emoji your most used one, do you think? I don't know. I, th- I think it's an alternative for thank you. And <laughs> it's just like, thank mm, you. I feel like yep. if I'm like writing an email, and yeah. I would say I probably don't use the emojis that much in email, but I do have a piece of software that basically creates like emoji simplicity like it is in Slack just at any point in time. What? What's the software? Alfred. It's like a, it's a replacement for Spotlight and you can load these keyboard shortcut packs in it. So I just oh. type like command space S colon. Fire, okay, that's awesome. fire. And so I use that. But it's usually like you write someone an email and you want to thank them and you want to start with thanks, but you also want to end with thanks. So maybe right. you can like yeah. mix it up. If there were an emoji I would love to see in the tap backs, yeah. it would be the prayer. The tap backs? You know, like when you highlight a thing and you can thumbs up it or you. Oh, yes. Is that what that's called? A tap back? Yes. Tap backs are also a thing at Soul Cycle where oh. you move your oh, yeah, body you back. You put your butt back on the seat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is that where you got injured? The yes, tap back? Yes. I no, actually, no. The my embarrassing injury, I got, I got a concussion in soul cycle. And it's because I hit my head on the handlebars bending down too quickly to tighten my shoe. See, that's embarrassing. Yes, it is. <laughs> did you fall off? No. Okay. I did the whole class like an idiot. Oh. It just hurt. So I was like, wow, that really whew. Alrighty, time to do a 45 minute spin class. And then I did the whole spin class. And afterwards I was like, huh. This is interesting. My pupils are very big. Soul Cycle was a very big letdown the one time I've done it. 
Really? For me. Mm, tough stuff. Should have made it more compelling by getting a brain injury. <laughs> Tell you, really, really spices things up coming out of there with a head wound. I wanted the scoreboard. Then they have like the, the leaderboard. Yeah. And I don't like that. Everything in life is measured now. Let me spin on my little bike to nowhere in peace. I don't want to know how fast I'm going. See, I'm like, if I'm going to try to do this for the purpose of exercise, yes. I want to get the most out of it possible. But the most that you're getting out of it has nothing to do with how much everybody else is getting out of it. I can tell you on a Peloton, nothing has made me work harder than wanting to take a picture of beating friends of mine. <laughs> like, I have a friend who, like, regularly the image is like, I am at the brink of throwing up to make you one output level lower than me oh my god and, and like that was there was a back and forth where it was like every other day it was like oh my god i went up to you by a little i went up to you by a little but on those workouts i was like cranking calories out like it was i'm sure crazy i'm sure i went to soul cycle and they're just like oh like we're gonna light some candles i was like don't yes. light some candles give me a reason to do <laughs> 10 times more effort than i want to do and that's really amazing crushing the records of my my closest friends is there is nothing more motivating. <laughs> Give me the opportunity to destroy my loved ones, or I'm not going to be able to work out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. If you could normalize yes. for body weight, yeah, because it's not like it's not a output is very driven by weight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, what if you're just a lot taller than them, for example? Is not going to throw it off. Heavier is much different than taller, I believe, in okay. like output. So my wife and I can't really compete. But if my yeah. wife and I could normalize, yeah. it would be the most healthy thing for our relationship. Not in terms of healthy marriage, but in no, terms no, of no, healthy no, no, bodies. No, no, <laughs> that, that feature on a Peloton should basically come with its own couples counselor. But I think that you guys are getting amazing shape. <laughs> yes. There must be a formula to do this. There must be some like weight normalizing I'm sure there formula is. where we could compete. And as soon as we find it, that Peloton will get dusted off. <laughs> yeah, I think. And you should get two of them and then put them next Ooh, to each side other. Side by side. Yeah. <gasps> you don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> that that suggestion makes it very apparent that yeah. you have zero children That's in your correct. house. That's correct. There's zero children. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. It's like, okay, they're finally, all the kids in the house are asleep. The last thing we want to do is work out that. Time for us to do our side-by-side -side competitive Peloton ride to the death. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Knock, flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure that's built to scale with you. Take notifications off of your engineering roadmap and get back those resources, baby. And by resources, let's be real. We mean time and money. Building notifications infrastructure in-house takes time, and time is money, and that money could be spent on way better stuff, like um, podcast ads, for example. That's just, I don't know, that's just the first thing that came to mind. Knock's powerful features include pay-as-you-go, no upfront fees, and no infrastructure setup required. Created to handle even the most complex notifications use cases, Knock is built for scale and resiliency to power your enterprise. Knock, knock, who's there? <laughs> it's a powerful API that lets you engage users, power cross-channel workflows, and manage notification preferences. I cannot believe I got this ad copy approved. Get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. 
And we're back with Chris Hutchins, the host of the All the Hacks podcast. Chris, we've arrived. We, we've we arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I hope so. I know that you are. I Do I win a prize? In my heart. Is this the time where we're spinning the wheel? <laughs> yeah, this is the game show part of Non-Technical. How much do you think this dishwasher is worth? $300. Okay, you would probably be very, I have a feeling you'd be really good at that kind of thing. Knowing how much appliances cost. I'm decent at Jeopardy, but I don't think I'm okay. good at appliance. Like, I've, I've definitely, re- if it's an appliance I've purchased, yeah, I've never bought a dishwasher. I'm it's not always sure. spinning where you are. I would it's guess dishwashers are in the, like a, a quality, yeah. good dishwasher is like $800. I was going to say six to seven. So I maybe, dear God, I hope we're close. I would be thrilled to participate in a game show like that. I would never participate in a game show that was like, how much do you think a banana is? Because I obviously buy groceries, but I have no, I don't retain the information. Yeah. So that would be mortifying for me. Depends on the thing. I feel like a banana, depending, well, it's also where you buy it. You want a banana cost at like a hotel? Oh, yeah. Or freaking buy right in San Francisco. <laughs> it's like a $4 <laughs> banana. Good point. But if you buy it at Costco and you, you itemize it at a per banana price, maybe it's Way lower. Cents. I did one time see a $6 avocado at buy right. And I thought, mm-hmm. It's probably a good avocado that I will Was it? <laughs> oh. It was probably an okay avocado. <laughs> Do you remember that game, that iPad game or that game show that like took Tech World by storm? Fruit Ninja? No, no, no. It's like a game show. Oh, HQ. Yes. Yeah. I was obsessed with that. That was a hot moment. We like the whole company took a break. Oh, yeah. Oh, or if you were at a party or something. Yeah. I remember at one point having like three devices so that we could like. Oh, we did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maximize our chances. Okay. My first question in the lightning round, Chris, I already know the answer, but coffee or tea? Tea. And what kind of tea do you drink? It depends. I like a good uh, turmeric tea. Oh, anti-inflammatory. I like uh, pu'er tea. What's that? Kind of weird tea where it usually comes in like a, a brick that you like break off and it's been dried and fermented for oh, that's awesome. many, many, many years, maybe hundreds of years. I love something like that that's a little bit complicated, but not too complicated. Yeah, you just break it off and put yeah. it in the... Like, but that's it's not... cool. Like, that's an experience. It's like, ooh, get my little tea brick. I'm more water or nothing. Cool. <laughs> I know, really cool. <laughs> no, Come I'm over. obsessed with drinking water. That's actually like one of the top five facts about me is that I love to drink water. <laughs> do you have a favorite board game? Ooh, I really like board games. You do? Chris, I wish we lived closer. Literally, all I want to do is play board games. And it is so embarrassing to ask friends, hey, are you guys board game people? Because when they say no, they really mean no. Yes. My wife's a fair weather board game person. Like, if the game's going to take less than an hour, I'm into it. Okay. But by 45 minutes, I'm like looking at the clock. Oh. I'm like... If there were a way to play a game for four hours, like I'm in. Yes. I don't know if I have a favorite. It's too hard to, you know, I like Dominion. I like Pandemic. What's the most recent one you played? I have not played a board game recently because we have these two small children. But I met someone at a conference last week and they were like, mm. you know what I love doing? Playing board games with my kids. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. Like there's very few things about parenting that I'm more excited about than playing them. Someone just pitched me to come on my show yeah. that play wanted to ran an experiment did a ted talk about it where he played monopoly with his kids all the time and one day he replaced all the monopoly money with real money (gasps) and he wanted to see how his kids played differently because his one of his kids was like i'm buying everything no matter what one of his kids is like you know i'm super up to luck i'll just see what the cards flip and oh my god one's like "I'm, i'm going for boardwalk with the hotels that's it 
And then he put real money in and some of them changed their behavior and some didn't. Wow. So that's kind of interesting. That is super aside. interesting. <laughs> but I'm very excited to play board games with my kids. I'll tell you what board games I don't like. Tell me. Anything where it's up to people's opinions. Cards Against Humanity. Oh, you don't like worst that. Worst game on the planet for really? me. Because I find that sometimes you're like, this was objectively the best answer. And it's like, well, we didn't like that answer. We don't like you right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it fun. I like rules. You I like am rules. a rule okay. follower. I yeah. wish that speed limits were enforced. I mm. wish all the rules existed. That's what makes it fun. Well, I think that the interpersonal thing is what makes it fun sometimes. Though, yes, in games like Cards Against Humanity, sometimes you just want a particular friend to lose. <laughs> I like I like winning a lot. Okay. I don't want the winning to be up to a person's opinion. I would like the winning to be up to some objective set of rules. Okay. Where I can be upset at myself for losing. That makes sense. Or be upset at the flip of the draw. Yes. You know. That does make sense. Do you have a pump up song? Probably that avail over the James album. Oh my <laughs> like god! If, that's I, if awesome. I'm like, I'm gonna get cranking on work. Yes. So coffee for me, it's like coffee is like if I want to get four hours of work done, I'm gonna go play this album because to get pumped up, I want audio that's like exciting yeah but that i know the words so well that i don't have to listen don't have to, to it yes same it's not going to be distracting versus like instrumental i'm not going to get pumped up with classical like classical music no it's hard to get pumped up to bach yeah it doesn't doesn't work that mm -hmm. well but yeah it's probably that same album if you go to like spotify list it's like yeah. you've listened to this album once this album this album four thousand three hundred yeah. <laughs> times was it your spotify top artist of the year your top album um, of the year i don't know I don't know if it was because I was so excited to see on like Spotify and Raft, like all the yes. podcast levels because I was that I don't even think I looked at the music. Oh, rankings. my God. That's so funny. That's great. Chris, this is my last question for you, which is deeply sad, but I know we'll talk again soon. What would you title your memoir? So this is probably not going to be the title of the memoir, but the way to say it, okay, I feel well, like it would be lost on the page. Okay. Would it be like optimized or over optimized? Oh, Okay. What about just over-optimized? Well, I don't want to assume that I'm like going too far. That would be a depressing. Okay, interesting. You see, like, it's like, yeah. is my quest for optimizing all aspects of my life, like the pursuit of happiness yes. or the pursuit of sadness? Okay. Well, first of all, the pursuit of sadness is also <laughs> a fabulous name because it's the idea of like, did I optimize the optimal amount? So it's like yes. optimal optimization. That's like a book that you would not pick up. That's really awful. It's embarrassing that I said those words out loud. This is interesting. But there's, there's something to what's finding that level. And I think the lesson of the memoir, forget what yes. the memoir, the lesson yeah. of the memoir would be along the lines of there's probably something in everyone's life that you are well known from by your friends, your family mm. as something that you're an expert on. And because you're an expert on that, you've really dialed in that one aspect of how you work or how you plant garden, whatever it is. <laughs> sure, sure. Like there's something you're, that you're the expert on. I think that you can adapt that skill to other areas of your life mm. and have compounding effects on like happiness. But you have to pair it up with an ability to, as your friend Zach taught you, like just mm. stop at a point. Yes. If you can learn both of those skills at the same time of take the thing I'm an expert on and not apply the gardening lessons, but the like ability to learn everything about a thing quickly yeah, to other areas of your life and just check them off in order. Your health is the most important thing yeah. now. Optimize your health, but know when to stop and you're, there's kind of diminishing returns. Yeah. The lesson will be like my learning when to stop mm. throughout my life. And it's, but you know, hopefully I'll that... write this memoir later and I'll, I'll have learned better. Okay. Well, I think by then you'll have arrived at the optimal title as well. 
and we will no longer have when to, to keep, stop when to stop <laughs> uh, when to stop is also a great title why don't you call it stptimization <laughs> and that's it everybody thank and you for joining that's us the Chris, thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical. We finally did it. We did it. We stopped. What a treat. What a treat. We stopped. We found the optimal stopping point. Where can people find more about you on the internet? I would imagine, if you're listening to this, you're listening to a podcast. I have a podcast called All the Hacks. Mm. I would love it if you check it out if you like optimizing anything in your life, travel, money, for hosting a good cocktail party. I'm just my name usually everywhere. Chris Hutchins on most places other than Twitter. I'm just at Hutchins. Find all the hacks, allthehacks.com or wherever you are right now. Yes, highly recommend. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok or at non-technicalpod in all three places as well. Chris, one more time. Thank you so much. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Bye. Bye. 